Good afternoon, my fellow Americans. Welcome to the Midweek Report. I'm your host, JWR. And so let's get... First, November's victory is already in the air for Republicans as more come out and state for certain the party will retake the House with a red wave. On Sunday, Senator Lindsey Graham said the party would for sure take back the House, so she's focusing on what Republican House should be doing. I'm not worried about us talking back that or taking back the House, asserted the South Carolina lawmaker. We're going to take back the House unless we really screw things up. What I'm looking for is an America First agenda, like the contract for America. You remember 1994? In the House, Republican leader Kevin McCarthy feels very confident about becoming the next Speaker of the House. He isn't talking about his hopes for his or if he is elected, but what he's planning on delivering on when the party takes the majority. McCarthy wants a parent's bill, uh, a parent's bill of rights and to reform how the House has operated under current Speaker Nancy Pelosi. We'll change up the inner workings of Congress itself, said the California lawmaker. Now members don't even have to show up, they can just vote by proxy. I think that's wrong. People should show up for work. We'll make sure bills go through committees. Unfortunately today that's not the case. We're going to open the people's house back up to the people. It's not just Republicans who think the party will retake the house. For more than a year, Democrats have promised the only way out of uh, out of the coronavirus pandemic is to force facial coverings and vaccines onto everyone. Democrat approval ratings began dropping very quickly with the collapse accelerating after numerous foreign and domestic failures. Democrats are trying to rebuild their base of support and have done a complete 180 on support for restrictions with poll numbers on COVID collapsing and most Americans opposing restrictions now. The chair of the House Campaign Committee, Sean Patrick Maloney, has decided it is time to move on. People are sick to death of this pandemic, said Maloney. We believe that uh, because of the president's leadership and the Democratic plan to beat the virus, that we will be in a position to communicate a clear off-ramp and to make sure people will be in a position to care for themselves and their families. That we trust parents to know what's best for their children and their schools. Joe Biden's uh, aggregate Polling has him below 40%, which is a record low for the first year of any administration. Congressional Democrats are not faring much better as they are underwater by more than three points in the generic congressional ballot. Republicans need to to net only five seats to retake the chamber. Next, the Biden administration refused to comment on the latest filing by special counsel John Durham which reveals a Democrat spying effort against 45th President Donald Trump. During a press briefing Monday, White House Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked whether it's appropriate to infiltrate computer services or computer servers of a political opponent to create a false narrative. Jean-Pierre did not answer that question. This came after Special Counsel Durham found Hillary Clinton hired operatives to try and establish a false computer connection between the 2016 Trump campaign and Russia. Meanwhile, former Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe said he expects more indictments in the ongoing Durham probe. During an interview on Monday, he explained that he met with Durham in 2020 to share with him intelligence documents about the origins of the Russia hoax. 
Ratcliffe said. He gave Durham a CIA document which showed Clinton approved the Russia hoax plan in 2016 to distract from her emails and Benghazi scandals. His remarks came after Durham found Clinton hired operatives to infiltrate Trump Tower servers to establish a fake connection to Russia. So, so what John Durham pleading talks about with the is that Hillary Clinton's lawyer, Michael Sussman, took this information from the tech executives and pitched it to the FBI as evidence of Trump-Russia connections that simply weren't true, stated the former director of national intelligence, and that the lawyer, uh, Michael Sussman, and the tech executive knew not to be true. Ratcliffe went on to say Clinton and her allies were involved in a criminal conspiracy and may face indictments moving forward. Next, GOP lawmakers are stressing it's time to move on from the COVID-19 pandemic. On Monday, a handful of senators, including Mike Lee, Roger Marshall, Ted Cruz, and Rand Paul, sent a letter to their colleagues urging them not to help Democrats push a continuing resolution to fund the federal government unless Democrats defund vaccine mandates. The lawmakers pointed out these mandates pose tremendous social and economic costs on American families. They decried such actions as unconstitutional, unlawful, and an abuse of federal power. The GOP senators added, while Joe Biden has not sought the enforcement of vaccine mandates since the U.S. Supreme Court struck down OSHA's mandate on federal workers, he could push another mandate in the future. Senator Marsha Blackburn echoed these calls while claiming the Biden administration has forgone scientific evidence to promote a restrictive agenda. They've got the list of boxes they have to check, she explained. We've killed the Keystone Pipeline. We've got mandates. We've got people in masks. We've got people in lockdowns. They're going to lose their job if they don't get the, get a jab. They've got an agenda for all of this bluster about fundament, fundamentality are fundamentally transforming our way of life, all Joe Biden has managed to do is to alienate his fellow countrymen. Meanwhile, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell claimed he and most of Americans believe it is time to return to normal, adding COVID-19 is here to stay. The Kentucky lawmaker decried Democrats who support forcing children to mask up at schools while rich celebrities watch the Super Bowl without a mask in sight. McConnell also said it's absolute bonkers for Democrats to push for zero COVID, uh, for zero COVID, while asserting that there's no reasonable health expert who says that's possible. However, the Republican senator commended several Democrat leaders for announcing a rollback on their vaccine and mask mandates, as several cities and states, including California, Connecticut, D.C., and New Jersey, plan to return to normal. McConnell believes this is all. This all has nothing to do with the actual science. The only science that's changed in the last two weeks is the political science, he stated. The only data that has changed in the last two weeks is Democrats' polling data. The Washington Post put it like this. The abrupt, the abrupt end to mask mandates reflects a shifting political landscape while Democratic leaders are stampeding to finally follow the science and end burdensome Mandates on adults in many places, America's children are still being left behind. In the meantime, Senator Marshall plans to introduce a bill to end the federal state of emergency. The law would strip away many federal powers to respond to national emergencies under the National Emergency Act. 
which was invoked by 45th President Donald Trump and then Biden to tackle COVID. Biden extended the emergency order uh, to March 1st, and lawmakers are debating whether to further extend the order or return to Next, a majority of U.S. Senate Republicans introduced on Tuesday their own legislation to support Ukraine and impose sanctions on Russia over a military buildup near Ukraine's borders. After weeks of talks on a bipartisan bill hit a stalemate, introduction of the measure called the Never Yielding Europe's Territory Act does not mean that negotiations have stopped between Republicans and Democrats on a bipartisan Ukraine bill, a senior Republican aide said. Uh, the path forward is not immediately clear for the measure. Given Democratic control of the Senate and House of Representatives, the bill would immediately halt construction of the Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline and impose mandatory sanctions on the project if Russia invaded Ukraine. It also would impose sanctions on major Russia, uh, Russian banks if there were an invasion and secondary sanctions on banks that did business in the sanctioned banks or with the sanctioned banks. Democratic Senator uh, Bob Menendez, chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, blasted the Republican measure as partisan posturing. The latest proposal by Republicans is largely, largely a reflection of what Democrats had already agreed to in our, own, in, in our ongoing conversations. Building off the mother of all sanctions we initially proposed, Menendez said in a statement. Reflecting the partisan inability to agree on a bill, even amid fears of war in Europe, Senate leaders on Tuesday issued a statement which falls short of binding legislation, saying the Senate stands in solidarity with Ukraine and supports sanctions on Russia. Disagreement over how to handle Nord Stream 2, which would take gas direct to Germany from Russia, bypassing Ukraine, and secondary sanctions on banks had been two major obstacles to writing a bipartisan bill. Senators from both parties have said they want to act quickly to help Ukraine with sanctions on Russia and more military assistance for Kyiv, Kyiv, K-Y-I-V, in what had seemed to be a rare incidence of bipartisan cooperation in a bitterly divided Congress. A group of five Democrats and five Republican senators had been involved in talks on a bill for weeks, but failed to reach an agreement. The NYET Act was co-sponsored by more than 30 of the 50 Senate Republicans, led by Senate, uh, Senator Jim Risch, Risch, top Republican on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, who has been heavily involved in talks on a bipartisan plan. A similar bill was introduced on Tuesday by Republicans in the House of Representatives. <clears throat> Next, U.S. producer prices increased by the most in eight months in January amid a surge in the cost of hospital outpatient care and goods such as food and motor vehicles, Other sign, another sign that high inflation could persist through much of this year. Broadening inflation pressures were underscored by other data on Tuesday, showing a measure of prices received by factories in New York State surged to a record high in February. While manufacturers reported they continue to pay higher prices for inputs, uh, the reports followed on the heels of the news last week of a strong rise in consumer prices in January, with the annual inflation rate posting its largest increase in 40 years. 
financial markets have priced in a, be- in a better than ever chance uh, that the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates next month by half a percentage point. This is further evidence of persistent and increasingly embedded inflation, inflation, inflationary pressure that should keep the Fed leaning towards uh, even more hawkish policy," said Andrew Hollenhorst, chief U.S. economist at Citigroup in New York. We continue to expect data over the next month will support a 50 basis point hike by the Fed in March. The producer price index for final demand jumped 1% uh, last month, and the biggest advance since May after climbing 0.4% in December, the Labor Department said the the PPI was boosted by a 0.7% increase in services matching the gain in December. Services were driven by a 1.6% rise in the cost of hospital outpatient care. There were also increases in wholesale, retailing for machinery, vehicles, apparel, jewelry, as well as footwear. The cost of hotel and motel accommodation rose, as did freight transportation by trucks. Portfolio management fees jumped 1.9%, but margins for fuels and lubricants retailing fell 9.7%. Airline fares dropped 4.2%. Wholesale goods prices rebounded 1.3% after dipping 0.1% in December. A 0.8% rise in the prices of goods, excluding foods and energy, accounted uh, for more than 40% of the broad increase in the cost of goods. Motor vehicle prices rose 0.7%. Food prices advanced 1.6% while energy products increased 2.5%, but price for iron and steel scrap fell 10.7%. Healthcare portfolio and airline fares are key components in the calculation of the personal consumption expenditure price index, one of the inflation uh, measures watched by the Fed. <clears throat> in the 12 months through January, the PPI rose 9.7%. That followed a 9.8% surge in December. Year-on-year PPI is slowing as last year's <clears throat> large increases drop drop out of the calculation. Economists polled by Reuters had forecast the PPI would gain 0.5 <clears throat> sorry 0.5% on the month and advance 9.1% on a year-on-year basis. Stocks on Wall Street were trading higher as Russia's withdrawal from withdrawal of some troops near its border with Ukraine uh, sewage fears assuaged uh, border with Ukraine assuaged sewaged a s s u a g e d fears of a potential Russian invasion. The dollar slipped against a bracket or a basket of currencies. U.S. Treasury prices were trading largely lower. Uh, Excluding the volatile food and energy trade services components, producer prices rose 0.9% in January. That was the largest increase in the so-called core PPI in a year and followed a 0.4% gain in December. In the 12 months through January, the core PPI increased 6.9% after rising 7%. 
December. Inflation is running well above the U.S. Central Bank's 2% target. Economists are expecting as many as seven rate hikes this year. Inflation pressures are also coming from strong wage gains amid tightening labor market conditions. With the CPI and PPI data in hand, economists are estimating the core PCE price index rose by about 0.6% in January. That would result in the year-on-year rate increasing 5.2%, which would be the largest gain since the early 1983. A shift in spending to goods from services during the COVID-19 pandemic and trillions of dollars in government pandemic relief boosted demand, which has outpaced supply, igniting inflation and acute shortage of workers on factory floors and other places along the supply chain are making it difficult to get products to markets. Those survey from the New York Fed on Tuesday showed a solid improvement in employment at factories in the region. Supply bottlenecks persisted, with delivery times continuing to lengthen. As a result, the survey's measure of prices paid by factories was little changed near the near its recent peak. Its gauge of prices received by manufacturers soared, soared 17 uh, points to a record high of 54.1. High inflation and snarled supply chains left manufacturers less optimistic about business conditions. Over the next six months, the survey's measure of future business conditions dropped seven points to 28.2, the lowest reading since the early stages of the pandemic. While the Institute for Supply Management uh, surveys and data on inventory accumulation have suggested some easing in supply constraints that has not been evident in the PPI data. In the months ahead, the PPI will be an important uh, bellwether to gauge if supply chain easing could lead to cooler consumer prices, uh, said Will Coppernoll, a senior economist at FHN Financial in New York. We don't expect immediate pass-through but an eventual slowing in producer price increases would be a sign firms are able to increase capacity to meet strong demand. Next, and finally, three U.S. Senators on Tuesday called on the Department of Labor to help states find alternatives to identity verification provider ID.me for screening people seeking unemployment aid because they said its technology raises serious privacy and civil liberties concerns. The Internal Revenue Service last week dropped mandatory verification through ID.me for people filing their taxes online this year, but about half of U.S. states still use ID.me, which employs a mix of facial recognition and technology and video chat interviews to confirm the identity of unemployment applicants. Other states have used rival tools. Activists have argued that facial recognition remains too faulty for use in government applications and that people should have more privacy and control over face scans. ID.me declined to comment on their request, which came in a letter from Democratic Senators Ron Wyden, uh, Sherrod Brown, and Elizabeth Warren. A day after the IRS announcement, ID.me said it would allow users to bypass facial recognition and, produ- and proceed to a manual check. It has said security and equitable access are top priorities. 
Reuters reported last year that a government watchdog group wrote a wrote to officials, including the Department of Labor's Inspector General and the Inflation Influential uh, National Association of State Workforce Agencies, may have interfered with open competition requirements by recommending ID.me to the exclusion of others. NASWA uh, is partially backed by the Labor Department. States have called ID.me valuable for curbing record unemployment assistance fraud during the COVID-19 pandemic, but some legitimate applicants experienced delays after facial recognition failed to verify their identity and long waits for interviews with manual verifiers ensued. The Senators urged the Labor Department to work with other agencies on alternative recommendations, including possibly, possibly the federal government's login Login.gov identity verification tool. Over 40 million people are registered on Login.gov, which uses uh, credit histories and other records for verification. ID.me says it has 73 million users. And that concludes the midweek report. Thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, JWR. And we will see you again on Sunday. But remember, stay informed, stay involved, and keep America first.